surgeons keep our hearts beating. They do the amazing, help save lives, and so can you. Your CSL Plasma donation can help create 24 critical life-saving medicines that can give Grandpa the chance for his heart to swell when he meets his new grandson or give a bride the chance for her heart to skip a beat on her wedding day. Every plasma donation helps more than you know. Do the amazing. Help save lives. Donate today at your local CSL Plasma Center and be rewarded for your generosity. Hello and welcome to Let's Talk About It. This is Taylor, your host, and welcome to the show. I'm so grateful and excited to have you here for today's episode where we will get into sex tech, which isn't a space we have really touched on the podcast yet. Um, I hope that you all are making it through your week as best as you can, that you are giving yourself some self-compassion, that you are allowing space and making space for pleasure in your day-to-day life, okay? Pleasure is not something that we earn. It is something that we are born with a right to and that we are deserving of without doing freaking anything. Okay. So I hope that that is where you are. If that is not where you are, you are doing your best and you can always get there. Okay. So I'm really excited to share with y'all today's guest, Alicia. Now I usually do a good amount of like internet stalking of my guests beforehand and was really like surprised pleasantly to learn some things about Alicia in this episode that I did not already know about her work. Um, and so just to give you a little bit of background on Alicia, um, she is a uh, certified sex educator. She is a multi-award-winning sex tech designer. She's been in the industry for a long time and has really helped also like kind of shape and shift the culture within the sex tech industry. Um, And just, I mean, is goals also. Um, So I will save all of these other wonderful things for you guys to hear from her and we can kind of just get right into it here. So as usual, I hope that you are listening with an open mind and open heart and open ears. I hope that you take some things away from this episode. Feel free to share with your friends. Feel free to share with your family. Don't forget to check out the episode notes um, for you know links and other resources. And if you have not already, uh, please leave a review for the podcast, um, a star review, a actual written review, whatever you have the space and the capacity for. If you take something away from this episode um, or any episodes, please uh, show some love. We also are on Instagram at let's talk about it underscore podcast. So be sure to check us out on all of the things and support however you can. And with all of that said, let's talk about it. All right. So welcome, Alicia, to the show. Thank you so much for taking the time to chat with me today and to be here. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Yeah. I'm so excited to have you here and wondering if we could kind of start off with you sharing a little bit about just like where you are, your identities, what you do for work, what brings you here? Ah, sure. Uh, Okay. So my name is Alicia. I am a 41-year-old she, her. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and let's see, I have been in the sex tech industry for almost 20 years now. Mm-hmm. And five years ago, going on six years ago, I founded um, with a couple of my friends, uh, a parent company called COTR. And that's the company that is uh, the house to the brands Vibe Wand and the Cowgirl. 
which we launched in, you know, 2016, 2017, 2018. And let's see, where am I at in the world? I just had a baby and Mm. that's been a really interesting physical and emotional experience. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't know. I've been like in quarantine for almost two years. So I feel socially awkward in public. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I feel that. I feel really like, I feel like I should go out, but like I also don't want to. And I also do, it's really weird. But I think that's, yeah, we're getting, we're like prepping for in-person trade shows and events once again. And like, that's, Mm -hmm. I think what's mostly baby bath time and like, trade shows. <laughs> yeah. That's where my life is at. Yeah. In yeah. development. That's about it. Mm-hmm. Totally relate to the, I feel like I should be out socializing, but also I don't want to. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I really like, I, I was think I was saying to myself earlier, I'm like, it's Friday. I should, you know, I, I feel like I should have a plan and like my yeah. plan is to stay at home and do nothing. And I'm really happy with that. Yes. Yeah. It, it really takes away all that pressure of FOMO. I think that like we all had pre pandemic where now it's, I forget who like said this or introduced me to this, but like, uh, Jomo of like joy of missing out. Like yes. it's no longer like, Oh, I should be out. And oh, I, I, I wish I was out, you know, but it's like, Oh, I feel like I should be out, but wow watching this show at home in my, in my pajamas, comfortable clothes in, in my safe space. It feels so nice. Yeah. yeah with all your food nearby. Yes. <laughs> the luxuries, yeah. your bed clothes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 And so like you're in sex tech and can you share mm-hmm. a little bit for folks about like, what is sex tech? What does that mean to be in sex tech? Well, now that's what we call the overarching category of, uh, now it's called many things. You know, when mm-hmm. I started, it was just called the adult business. Yeah. And now we call anybody that makes premium products that maybe have an app or remote control or have some type of cool technology that's overarching category is considered sex tech. Mm-hmm. So everything that falls under that umbrella. Yeah. Yeah. And you mentioned B vibe. So B vibe is a part of like your overarching company. Yeah. So we have a parent company. So, and then we have three sub brands, Mm -hmm. um, that exist, you know, they each have a different thing that they focus on. So B vibe was our first brand. It's our butt toy brand. Yeah. Um, And that's the only brand that Mm -hmm. everything about B vibe. (laughs) I love everything about B vibe. And I literally just sent like an entire packet of resources of just B vibe to one of my clients who, uh, you know, we, we talk through anal sex and kind of the app, the, prep, the aftercare, the during, all of that. And I was like, B-Vibe is like a fantastic resource. And so like yeah. put together a whole thing. And even as I was going through it again, because I know like uh, the podcast with Luna as well, yeah. where I was like, yeah. yeah, I love everything that B-Vibe does. And I'm like, oh yeah, they like y'all are killing it. I didn't even realize that that was part of your uh, like work in your company. Portfolio of brands. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, B-Vibe was actually um, our first brand and mm-hmm. we had a really clear vision for that brand. I had come prior to working at B-Vibe, I had come from a company called Jimmy Jane, mm-hmm. um, which at the time was a really forward thinking, small boutique, one of the first companies that ever made rechargeable, body safe, like had mm-hmm. their own website, just light years ahead of where the adult industry was yeah. at that particular time. But mm-hmm. I had come from that brand and I, my point in telling you all this really is that I had kept pitching like we should make butt toys, we should make butt toys. Yeah. And that was such a press focused brand that which again was kind of unheard of at that time. So they mm-hmm. like re- really like 
nervous about upsetting that cycle of press and wouldn't touch butt toys. And I was like, there's, if you will, like a massive hole in the marketplace. And (laughs) there's such an opportunity to fill this with great products and rethink this category. And also Mm -hmm. I was becoming a certified sex educator. Yeah. Because as a sales rep, I would go into stores all the time and I would go to stores like say Pleasure Chest or Good Vibrations Mm -hmm. or Babeland. And the sales reps knew more than me. And I started feeling, wow, like this is something's wrong here. If the people making the toys don't know as much as the people selling them. Mm -hmm. And so I became, I became a certified sex educator. And my number one thing was to provide all of these resources for people to learn how to have Mm -hmm. pleasurable, safe, inclusive, comprehensive education. Mm -hmm. And, you know, all these things that were just totally missing. So it really makes me happy to hear that you shared our information because that was the goal, you know, that was the goal. Yeah. I mean, even just the entire, um, gosh, I think I might even still have it pulled up here on my desktop. Now I had to, I had to make space for things. So I had to (laughs) clear my desktop, Mm -hmm. but, um, the entire guidebook even of like how to engage in anal sex, like the, the design of it, the information, the, like, it just walked you through all of it where I was like, this is fan-fucking-tastic. And part of me was also like, I love that this isn't like, I love that it's an actual like sex, like tech sex toy brand that's doing this because a lot of the times I think people purchase sex toys and then they're like, "Mm, Mm -hmm. what do I, how do I, how do I use this? (laughs) Yeah. 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 Well, that was my, I mean, if you really want to go to the origin, you know, that was my, my experience with anal sex had Mm -hmm. not been pleasurable. Yeah. And it's like similar to a story that I'm sure as an educator or, you know, a therapist, like we've heard a lot of these stories, which is, Mm -hmm. you know, really painful sex first time, no lube, uh, no preparation, no consent, no boundaries uh, were established, you know, so all of that and, you know, poop like is a big, so all those things, like I had all those, like Mm -hmm. I experienced all those. Um, so I felt like, and also where do you find the information? Like where I would, you know, there was just no good resource. So Mm -hmm. anyway, it's cool to, I don't know, to provide that and to do, I think one of my most favorite things was to rethink that category Mm -hmm. and just be like every, every, this is, I mean, you've probably seen the campaign, but like everybody has a butt, like everyone has a butt, like and the cool thing about anal sex, I, I always say it's like the equal opportunity orifice, you know, yes. like it doesn't matter like gender or sexual orientation or mm-hmm. like, it doesn't matter. Like everyone can enjoy, you know, yeah. and like you can really like play around with mm-hmm. top bottom, you know, anyway, yeah. it's a cool brand. A- absolutely. Yeah. Cause they're really, from my knowledge, aren't any other brands that are specific to anal play, anal education, anal pleasure, anal products. Um, yeah. B-Vibe is always like the go-to. That's really the only one that, that I engage with and that I know of and that I yeah. recommend. So that's so, ah, so funny. So cool. yeah. 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 You made my weekend. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> this is how we get pleasure in our weekends now. Um, totally. Yeah. A compliment. <laughs> I'll take it. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yes. Well, and so like, it sounds like you found your way to being a sex educator through working in sex tech. So how did you get to doing sex tech to begin with? So I, you know, really slipped on a banana peel. It wasn't Mm -hmm. an intentional career move. Mm -hmm. I graduated from college. My sister lived in Los Angeles. Uh, I just wanted to be, I was in, I was in Seattle and I just wanted to get out of the rain. I was like, oh, I can't take any more rain. 
my sister was in LA. I was yeah. like, I'm doing it. I'm going there. I moved out. We went at a U-Haul, you know, my boyfriend at the time, we drove down. Mm-hmm. And anyways, I, it, I was looking for a job yeah. and this is like going to sound like such a, like, I answered a <laughs> Craigslist ad. <laughs> I'm not even joking. I answered a, Cra- a Craigslist ad. Had something in there about being open-minded. And I was like, well, this is like LA, you know, like yeah. something about chakras or, you know, like mm-hmm. there's going to be something in there. No, it was like literally an adult toy company. It was a massive, I walked in this 170,000 square foot building. They gave me a tour. I was, I think at the time, the only woman that worked there, aside from Mm -hmm. someone in accounting, definitely on the sales team, I was the only woman. Yeah. And, um, and I just, you know, felt like I got in there and, you know, now we're going back like 20 years ago, but Mm -hmm. there wasn't a lot of college educated folks. They're definitely wasn't a lot of women and it was a somewhat disorganized business. Mm-hmm. And I say that mm-hmm. with the most love and care because I've yeah. been part of it for 20 years, but there was a lot of room for opportunity. And I feel that like, I mean, I definitely went back and forth on whether or not I could live in this world forever because I didn't, I wasn't able to share what I did with a lot of my family mm-hmm. without receiving a lot of judgment in return. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I don't know if this is, it was, I felt like it might be hard for me to find a partner long-term. Like I had a lot of, yeah. I guess, you know, like shame about what I did mm-hmm. until probably quite honestly, 10 years ago. So it took me a long time to get over that. Mm-hmm. Um, but my point, and really, if I get back, I'm like rambling, but I just felt that there was a lot of room for opportunity. And yeah. so I stuck around and then I just kind of made mm-hmm. my way through sales assistant to account manager, yeah. to sales director, so on and so forth. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think to your point of it being disorganized, you know, with love, I think is is a bit representative of kind of the sex field as a whole. And that's by design because yeah. we aren't educated because there is a ton of shame and stigma around anything related to sex. So, you know, even regulations, I say this all the time on the podcast, the regulations for being a sex therapist, the only place that's regulated is in Florida. Everywhere else, anybody could say, because I talked about sex in this one session, I am putting up in my ad that I am a sex therapist. You don't have to have any, you don't have to have any training, nothing. Anybody can say that they're a sex therapist. And in most programs, you know, you get one human sexuality course as like an elective. Mm-hmm. If you're a marriage and family therapist, like yeah. literally maybe two courses on it. Um, and it's really the bare minimum. And so it's like really yeah. by design, the fields, regulations, even around, you know, sex work and whatnot, make it so that a lot of stuff that happens within the sex industry isn't regulated, doesn't have, you know, proper like funding or accessibility. Um, and in in turn kind of ends up being a bit disorganized. Yeah. And I think that also works to the, you know, the manufacturers, I, I would say that, you know, create products that break really, mm. really quickly that are, use poor mm. materials that don't perform as advertised that have given this business a bad name, the, yeah. specifically the sex toy business for such a long time. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's been a lot of work to, I mean, yeah. it took a lot of women, if I'm being really honest. Mm-hmm. And, you know, a lot of, you know, I don't want to say just what, but people who really loved sex and yeah. really felt that there was, it took that to make the, like the people from inside to make it better because it was, you still look at, I mean, look at Amazon. It's yeah. embarrassing. You know? Yes. I, my first toy was Amazon and mistake, mistake. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> large, large you. mistake. Um, but and so, 
<laughs> you grew up or I, I don't know about grow, grew up, but it sounds like within your family, you had to kind of deal maybe with some backlash or discomfort around working with a sex toy manufacturer in California. Um, what was your experience kind of like being introduced or exploring initially sex toys? Um, I had actually gone into a Babeland store in, Mm -hmm. uh, in college. That was my first experience. So that's a feminist run. So I think that was like pretty, it was a safe experience, but I remember Mm -hmm. the, the, the product offerings were pretty poor. So I think I ended up with something that was like green jelly and like a pocket rocket, something in that Mm -hmm. vein. Um, and I remember those, I think I remember I, I got yeast infections from, Mm -hmm. and I didn't realize at the time that it was coming from the product because, you know, jelly, you know, so I didn't realize at the time. So, but I think I was always also using wands, Mm -hmm. (laughs) back Mm -hmm. massagers. I didn't realize that like everyone used back massagers for masturbation. I thought it was like the smartest person in the world that discovered this. (laughs) So I'd always been kind of converting back massagers. And I had a boyfriend also Mm -hmm. in college, uh, or excuse me, also in high school that was like, I mean, at the time I thought he was so freaky and yeah. he, his mom had a back massager. I didn't, oh my God, did you think about it? And he was like, you should get one of these. I, you know, like I, anyway, yeah. so I had, I had some like experience with mm-hmm. vibrating products. Yeah. Um, but it was nothing that, you know, I openly discussed or talked about with anybody. Yeah. I remember a boyfriend seeing it and definitely shaming me pretty hardcore about mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. Since you're going back to high school here and boyfriends talking about vibrating things, I'm having a flashback to uh, boyfriends wanting to use my electric toothbrush on my vulva. Wow. And I never... No, like over my underwear <laughs> once they like yeah. pressed not the not the part that goes in your mouth, okay, but like the handle part on me, yeah. and just kind of being like, mm, I don't, this doesn't feel hygienic. I'm gonna like, I just it's my toothbrush. I just don't want it near my vagina yeah. or my vulva. But yes to the vibration. <laughs> yeah, right. I'm liking what I'm feeling here, but not comfortable with the device. <laughs> yes, yes, yeah. yeah. I mean, it, it sounds like this, I mean, first of all, yeah, 20 years in the business, I can't even imagine how it's shifted. Um, and as you said, it sounds like a lot of help from women to change the industry. I'm wondering if there's anything that sticks out like a, a lot to you in terms of what has changed for the good from 20 years when you first entered to what you see now. Um, I think the two main things are the fact that there are women and that the Mm -hmm. women are respected because Mm. I, when I, as a young, um, as a young woman and really not feeling like, like in my power yet, I had to, I, I didn't have to, I unfortunately was sort of programmed to take in a lot of, and like be treated in a certain way. Mm-hmm. And I never said anything about it just because, you know, people would talk about, you know, I'd be sitting at a table with my boss and three or four coworkers and like a big customer, you know, man, 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 like, and I'd be the only woman at the table and they'd be talking about things that, you know, I think were just really inappropriate, you know, <laughs> maybe different ways they'd had sex or different people they'd had sex with or a different way. And I just felt like really uncomfortable. And it was yeah. beyond that. I felt like even at some point in my career, um, I just felt like I was used as like a carrot on a stick, you know, mm. to get customers to come to dinner or I would be asked yeah. to sit very intentionally next to them. And so I feel like that that's not something at least 
that I see as much anymore. Um, mm-hmm. But I do feel like the kind of that generation of when we, there seemed like there's a lot of young salespeople in that time. We really put off, you know, we really endured yeah. <laughs> a lot of that attitude. And there wasn't like, you know, anybody to really, I mean, I don't I also felt disempowered to talk about it as sexual harassment because we work yeah. for an adult-based company. So it didn't yeah. feel like we would be listened to mm-hmm. um, even if we did take that. So that, and then I think the quality of products Mm-hmm. is vastly different. You know, the yeah. not ju- not just in the material but also in the design, the functionality, the presentation, the branding and the mm-hmm. way that we talk about them. You know, so they're just, you know, my, I think when I entered there was like women's spread eagle on a product being sold to a woman and it's mm-hmm. just, it was just very like what? Like first of all, why are you have to label this like it, it was just so confusing, you know? So it's yes. it's nice to see that People are also like, hey, lots of people can use this product. It doesn't mm-hmm. have to be geared towards one type of person. And P.S. Like no one's interested in that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know? yeah. I definitely find that when I talk about sex toys, people are most interested in discretion of, mm-hmm. in terms of design and, and packaging. So yeah, yeah I, I think unless I go into a sex shop, like a, a sex toy shop, none of the toys that I see or that I recommend have imagery like that. Yeah. Cause it's not it's nice. We've, we've come a long way, <laughs> a long way. Yeah. You yeah. actually, I feel like some of the products are there. So, I mean, especially in the wand, they're like really pretty, you know, mm-hmm. they're mm-hmm. things that you like kind of, I don't know. They look a lot like this. I saw this, um, uh, like massager for your breast for breastfeeding. It's supposed mm-hmm. to like loosen. And I was like, that looks literally like a vibrator. And then I've seen like <laughs> stuff for your face. I'm like, that's a vibrator. Like these people are like coding these products as different things, you know, to like mm-hmm. get them in the front, the top drawer. Yep. Yep. Yeah. So can we talk about the wand for a little bit? Um, sure. your experience in starting that your experience, um, and then I just have toys, or I have questions specifically about the toys themselves. But we can talk a little bit just about the development of that for you. So every brand that we brought to the marketplace, it felt like there was a hole. You mm-hmm. know, there was something that was lacking. And I'm a big Juan fan, as mm-hmm. you may have made yep. up by now. Um, and I just felt that the wands that were on the marketplace at the time, so we're going back to when we started developing, was 2015. And it, they just looked all the same and there wasn't a lot of functionality and there hadn't been any updates and like brand name owners were removing their brand names from their packaging. Mm. And I really wanted to create a product that had a lot more functionality that was aesthetically more pleasing mm-hmm. that um, from a retail perspective had testers, had displays, yeah. represented a section in the store. So just all the things that were missing and then like kind of, its mission was to empower people um, mm-hmm. and to like own masturbation as something that's healthy or something that we can enjoy or something. So that was really the wand I think was initially was uh, just wands. We just mm-hmm. made wands and then we did something like very simple, which is just make a bunch of attachments because mm-hmm. I think the cool thing about the wand is it's like the MacGyver of sex toys, you know, like you can mm-hmm. like hook all these different attachments and it works on like, all these different kinds of bodies and all mm-hmm. these cool places and its length, well, you know, can be a hindrance for some can also yeah. like empower other experiences. Mm-hmm. So like, again, you know, like B-Vibe, B-Vibe was a little different because there was just nothing in, you know, in, in anal yeah. sex. Whereas like 
you know, female empowerment, wands, masturbation, you know, like there was a, there is a lot more there in general, but Mm -hmm. I do feel that the education that we were able to provide also to stores, you know, when you were going in and training stores and giving them education, it's changing the experience for the customer. So I do feel that like that was the mission with, with the wand is to Mm -hmm. educate people. And then once we made really great vibrating wands and people were like, well, what about, you know, miniature mini vibes, you know, mm-hmm. there's this whole market of mini vibes. So then we just started expanding into yeah. pretty, pretty much like vulva and clitoral products. Mm-hmm. But, mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So that's what, the wand. what would you say? Cause I'm like, hmm, do I give my answer first or do I ask you for your answer first? <laughs> um, <laughs> what, what would you say is the best toy that you would recommend for beginners for let's say a, a woman, someone with a, with a vulva who um, has never used a toy before, what would you recommend as a beginner? For someone who's never used a toy before, I think something like a bullet is a great place to start. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, I do, it depends on how, um, how much money you have to spend on products. Yeah. You know, if you're just getting into the marketplace and you just want to see if you like it, I think that there are lots of reasonably priced bullets mm-hmm. that are powerful, that are small. That, and if you like that sensation, maybe go up or experiment with suction mm-hmm. or, you know, something like, you know, a wand. Yeah. Well, I think all those things are options, but I always like to say like maybe start small and like mm-hmm. discover in baby steps before you spend big money on, because some people yeah. like buzzy pinpointed focused products. Some people like rumbly, you know, broad vibration products. Mm-hmm. And it takes a long time to understand mm-hmm. what your body likes. You yeah. Know? I mean, that's such a good point. And I do like that you are prioritizing accessibility financially because that is a huge part. Like people are always, you know, sex toys can be expensive and do I make that investment? How do I know I'm making the right investment? Um, I feel like I always recommend a wand because Mm -hmm. it can be used in many different parts of your body. Um, And I think the, the handle of the wand helps with accessibility a ton. Mm-hmm. Um, there's so many other things I want to ask you that maybe we'll talk about afterwards because I might want to make a sex toy. Um, we'll ah. see. <laughs> we'll, <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. I'm like, I'm probably going to go the book route by the sex toys um, in terms of accessibility for solo penetration vaginally. I think is really difficult for leverage. Um, but that is one thing I do appreciate about the wand is that, you know, you have the the long handle um, and yeah. that helps make it, I think, more accessible. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, but it's amazing all of the things that you can do with sex toys and all the different yeah. places and really just kind of the... The actual experience of of using them. Um, I think one question that I get a ton is how do you even start using them? Um, mm-hmm. So I'm wondering if you have tips for people who have a toy, you know, they've read what yeah. to do with it. They understand, you know, okay, I press the button, you know, it's washed, it's lubed, yeah. but that mental and emotional relaxation, that embodiment that you spoke about, how you can feel empowered through using toys. How would you recommend someone practice that? Is this a solo scenario? Like we're we're having solo sex? Yeah. Yeah. 
I mean, I always like, you know, more sensual approach to things, which is mm-hmm. like, I generally say like, add it into your like massage. Like if you're massaging or like mm-hmm. caressing your body, maybe yeah. just whether, you know, if, specifically if you have a wand, I mean, you know, mas- there's what the cool thing about massage or about using a wand is it, it works for pain and pleasure, mm-hmm. right? So if you have sore muscles, you know, like maybe mm-hmm. explore that area and then just let it like slide over. So if your lower back hurts, like maybe just roll it around your hip and like kind of get close to that area and just gently feel what that vibration feels like. Mm-hmm. Um, and then maybe not so much focus in like having and like masturbating, but just like kind of caressing your body and like yeah. feeling that not just in one place, but in all your erogenous zones, especially if it's solo sex, like mm-hmm. play with nipples, you know, play with, I mean, I would say your perineum, like mm-hmm. play with what things feel like rubbing out in your inner thighs, you know, mm-hmm. and then obviously like what I would consider my money spot, you know, around the clitoris and then like on yeah. the outside of the vulva. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and I do think people kind of miss that part. Like they think masturbation. So they're like, I've touched my genitals. And it's yeah. like, well, if you are doing partnered sex, typically speaking, you're kissing first. You're touching mm-hmm. each other and other areas first before they go straight yeah. to your genitals. Hopefully they're not just grabbing you by the pussy. Um, <laughs> you know, hopefully. <laughs> hopefully, yeah. Um, so giving yourself that little bit of warm up and and um exploration first. Yeah. Yeah, like grounding yourself, you know, mm-hmm. caressing yourself, appreciating yeah. yourself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that appreciation, worshiping yourself a little bit. Um that self-love piece. It's, there's a lot to unpack for folks with that. Um, and then I think there's the second layer of that perhaps of partnered play with toys, which Mm. I think there's a lot there. Um, how do you, (laughs) how do you find, well, I guess this is maybe more of a personal question. You're in sex tech, you have these different sex companies, within your partnered experiences, you know, I would imagine that there is less of that resistance or hesitation or rejection of using toys. Um, so I think a lot of, you know, female identified people feel like their male penis partners are very, uh, intimidated by the use of toys. They feel like it's a rejection on them and feels like a really scary thing to introduce to the relationship. Um, I'm imagining that you don't struggle with that. Um, I believe that that would be very on a similar evolutionary trajectory as my relationship with my career. Mm -hmm. So I had in my younger life, like say right around college, I didn't own, I think anything other than maybe like a recommendered like wand. Mm -hmm. Um, And then in my... I got married when I was really young, uh, mm. engaged when I was 22, married when I was 25, divorced when I was 27, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> um, but my experience in that relationship, mm-hmm. I married somebody that was a little bit older than me yeah. um, and just unhealthy in so many ways, but mm. was a very opposed to sex mm. toys. Like not even something that could be brought mm. up. Like it was such a very mm. much in fear that that would replace him. Mm-hmm. And then I had subsequent relationships, I think the next two where partners felt jealous mm. of vibrators. And so I went through this and then, you know, now in my relationship, I'm with a person that is all about like, Hey, are we getting, you want the wand? 
um, or, you know, mm-hmm. like, like there's no, like everyone's finishing, you know, yeah. like we're all mm-hmm. like, you know, and well, if that's even important in that particular experience, but yeah. it's an, ev- I think that's an evolution in my own relationship. Also, like, as I said earlier with my career, like being able to be like, you know, sit on a plane and tell somebody like, yeah, I'm the CEO of a sex tech company and not feel mm-hmm. embarrassed about it. Yeah. Um, it's sort of the same thing, like to come into a relationship and be like, I use sex toys. That's a like, part of my, like, Mm. I love your hands and your tongue and all of those things, but like, yeah. I need a wand vibrator. <laughs> I'm just mm-hmm. being honest about that. It has yeah. nothing to do with you. It really has nothing yeah. to do with you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And like a vibrator doesn't have hands and lips to kiss you with either. Like, so there's things that humans no, bring to yeah. the table that vibrators don't. And there's things that vibrators bring to the table yeah. that humans don't. Right. And as they you know, you can air dry your hair. Yes, that's fine, but you can also blow dry it. And there's like, <laughs> you know, some things work faster and more efficiently, you know, like there's, there's nothing wrong with using the devices, right. Yes. That, that humans have created mm-hmm. to make all of these things more convenient and pleasurable in our life. And yes. I just see that as one more household item that makes my life mm-hmm. more convenient and pleasurable. There's nothing wrong yes. with that. I love that. I love that. I have never <laughs> heard it in that way. And I love it. <laughs> um, you know, it's just like letting your partner know, you know, yeah, we're, I'm going to blow dry my hair today instead of air yes. dry it. It's, <laughs> it's just where we're at. Um, how, how exactly would you say um, you encourage or can give tips to people when, when like you were in those relationships where people were intimidated by the toys and did want to reject those as a part of, um, you know, your partnered play, what kind of advice maybe would you want to give to people who are kind of in those relationships now? I think it's really cool to flip it around. So what I would generally do is use my vibrator as a tool on somebody else. Mm. Um, and just so they can experience, Mm-hmm. like, yes, I can, again, like kind of the same thing that I'm, I'm saying, but here, like you yeah. can experience it, like proofs in the pudding, you know, like, do you enjoy this thing on your inner thighs, on your testicles, on your, on your nipples, on the head of your penis? Like, do you enjoy mm-hmm. this thing? Does it feel good to you? Okay. So like, it's the same, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> but it's cool. You can, yeah. The, as I said, the, you can experience it for yourself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, for for heterosexual cis men. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the elephants in the room. <laughs> I'm like, mm, for them though. Where do we start? I mean, <laughs> yeah, just because yeah, I, I was know. Tick off a long list. But <laughs> <laughs> because, like, I know that when people ask me that question of like, my partner's really intimidated by the toys, you know, he's got a penis and, you know, feels like his penis should be enough, you know, there's, there's layers there to break down and it's like, there are playful, um, creative, uh, you know, deeper ways you can communicate and explore to kind of break those things down to where the toys are something that that is welcomed in the Mm -hmm. experience and kind of how you were describing, you know, really sounds like allowing them to have a relationship with the toys. And I also think there's, a lot of kind of stigma and shaming, almost embarrassment, or like, I want to say almost like degradation of men Mm -hmm. using toys. And 
I'm wondering yeah. maybe how you've seen that within the sex tech industry at all. You can witness it in the amount of products that are out there yeah. for cis men, you know, specifically and how they're marketed, you know, mm -hmm. they're still marketed, if you will, from what I would consider something that's very toxic, yeah. you know, it's, it's, um, a lot of, I don't, it just seems like pornography is the only way that they can catch that attention. And that's mm -hmm. got its own, like, there's so many issues within that, but it, I think, um, I don't know, there just doesn't seem to have been like a cis man that has, has is representing or even like, forget one, there's not two or three that are coming out and talking about how products can empower your life. And mm -hmm. um, like how, for example, you know, like how these, all these masturbation tools can be fun for men. Like, yeah. you know, I, I like Tanga eggs as like a very simple, like cis friendly, if you will, like mm -hmm. or cis comfortable sex toy, right? That's the only thing that I can really think of. But if you get into like prostate toys or even, yeah. um, I guess the other one would be the fleshlights. That's mm -hmm. the only thing that I can think is like the two yeah. kind of comfortable realms. And, mm -hmm. and outside of that, there really isn't much that wouldn't be, that I could say a lot of people would categorize as like gay, if mm -hmm. you will. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, yeah. even though there's no reason to, I mean, we all play mm -hmm. with the same body parts. Yeah. Yeah. There's, I think a lot of, um, homophobia built into cis men exploring sex toys, especially if it's, you know, prostate. Um, but I think just even as we talk about it and within my family, we have these conversations too um, about how there really aren't like cis men giving like sex toy reviews or about like how, yeah. how they feel empowered in their bodies and I know at least for women, it's come a long way, right? Like there's a lot more um, people that are outspoken that are talking about female masturbation. I feel like there is a lot of spotlight on it to normalize it, to include it as a part of uh, sexual health as, as pleasure. And for men, I don't see that. And no, I don't think it makes have... anything better. <laughs> you know, and it's it, there. there's not even educators out there for folks we've looked specifically, we mm. always like to have a, it's important to us to have a diverse group of people yeah. that educate on our behalf. Mm -hmm. And it's been a real, there's a big gap of trying for even forget straight, just like men in general, there's yeah. any, and that's, you know, trans men, cis men, mm -hmm. you know, gay, you know, any. so it's just the entire category. There just doesn't feel like mm. there's anyone really out there you know, mm -hmm. there's just like a two, two or three people that I can think of compared to the hundreds of yeah. women therapists and educators and, mm -hmm. you know, people that are trying to do like the good work, if you will. Yeah. There's a hole in the market, y'all. Yes. Someone <laughs> needs to fill it. <laughs> Someone needs to fill it. <laughs> yes. The hole is just waiting to be filled by you. Okay. If you are listening. There, there. Yes. Yes. Um, I'm wondering if there's been a toy that you've experimented with that you really did not like. Well, I'm going to say it. I really did not like Womanizer. It's a, yeah. that suction toy. Mm -hmm. I, yeah, that I, that's just not a sensation that I enjoy. Mm. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Period. Yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. Based I don't on like, I mean, whether yeah. it's a human, yeah, whether it's a human or a machine, I don't like that sensation. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. that product was not for me. Yeah. yeah. Well, I like that you specify the sensation though, because in my head, I wasn't even necessarily thinking about that. But I think that is something important for folks to consider when they are experimenting and exploring with sex toys is paying, yeah. a, paying attention to the different sensations. Yeah. If you don't like suction, like you don't mm-hmm. like somebody sucking on you, like that's not going to be a toy you like. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, yeah. but it's interesting because yeah. I didn't really like understand that until I tried that product and people mm-hmm. kept being like, how can you not like it? Because everybody liked it. And I was just like, I don't know. I just don't, I just don't like, like the suction air thing. It's not for me, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. See, that was like the best oral sex that I had. The <laughs> only, the yeah. only way I could describe it was almost like they were sucking on my clit. And I didn't, yeah. I didn't know how to describe it. I remember even I was at a diner, it was like 2 a.m. And I was like explaining with my friends after dancing and we were like trying so hard to find the words for it. And like, doing it on like, our hands trying to, yeah. <laughs> trying to mimic it where I'm like, yeah, it's almost like they're sucking on my clit. Um, <laughs> so yeah, different exploring with different sensations. Uh, yeah. you never know what you'll find. It's true. Very mm-hmm. true. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there is so much within this space. Um, and I'm wondering if you have a favorite within this space a favorite toy, I'm guessing Mm -hmm. is wand. Yeah, definitely. I mean, that would be, that's like my tried and true, like everything Mm -hmm. is always going to compare to an OG like size wand for me. Like that's Mm -hmm. always like, and so what I'm like, well, yes, I can use this product or like that anything. And but I also really like stainless steel. So Mm -hmm. I'm a person that likes to combine exterior and interior stimulation. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, re- and I really like weight and that's a journey too, because I would say like, mm-hmm. that's not something that I would have tried in my early, yeah. uh, my early days. But as I got older and I remember I went into a store and I asked a sales rep, like, what is there? What's out there that I haven't tried? Mm-hmm. And they showed me this like stainless steel thing. And I was like, really? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> really? And they were like, you'll never go back. And they did not lie. Yeah. <laughs> they did not lie. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I first, I first learned about stainless steel, I think through uh, Betty Dodson and the mm-hmm. like rock and roll method and all what she taught there. Yeah. Um, but I still have not actually tried one. Well, so we I, should get you some. I mean, yeah. I, I, I think I really do need to. <laughs> yes. I just love it. I think the only way I can really describe it, it's like, they're just the weight. It's, it's like, I, maybe I, I'm going to say this about myself. It's like the lazy person's masturbation friend. Uh, that is, that is for me. <laughs> that is for because me. Just, it's so heavy that, I mean, they're not so, but you like put, like when you put it in, you barely have to move it mm. because the sensation is like that weight inside your body. It just, I don't know. It feels a different way. It penetrates. It mm-hmm. makes, I, I don't I'll send you some products and see if you feel the same way. But if you combine that with, if I like combine that with like exterior stimulation, I just feel like it's like, wow, like, you know, I don't know. I would say it's my best orgasm. Yeah. I'm looking forward to it because I'm all about, (laughs) I'm all about the lazy (laughs) masturbation. (laughs) Is that a good way of like, it's such a lazy masturbation technique. You just put it, you barely have to move it. It's great. Yeah. I mean, I'm all for like, yes, like activating my pelvic floor to get those muscles going, but 
yeah, I do find penetration to be like very difficult also with my back. Mm -hmm. Um, I just, I don't have a lot of like, I can't slouch or like, you know, uh, cave in my back, but even Mm -hmm. part of the reason I love the wand is because I can put that over my underwear, over my pants and Mm -hmm. I don't have to like get up and wash it right away. It's Yeah. You got to use the techniques that work best for your lifestyle. <laughs> yep. Yep. Or throwing a condom on it, which I remember in the early days, like my friends would make so much fun of me for putting a condom on a sex toy, but it's not, yeah. that's, that's not a bad thing to do. Not a bad thing to do. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, where you're at now, 20 years into the fields, how has your family kind of adapted? Like you spoke about like the revolu- the evolution of like your partners and their comfortability and understanding and your own empowerment with sexuality and with sex toys. How has that and has it evolved within your family? Yes. I'm at a stage. So my, so I grew up Mormon. So I had a lot of, Mm. you know, that inherent, yeah, you like internalize, I think a lot of that around your, your sexuality specifically. Mm-hmm. Um, and my dad's still at a place where he can't really talk about it with me. Um, mm-hmm. but my mom has, I, I've come to a point where I'm just like, mom, you know, I work with all of these, we're a woman run company, you yeah. know, every major department is run by a woman. Like it's a woman run company. I love what I do. I feel mm-hmm. really comfortable with the people that I work with. I, feel like I'm doing something meaningful. And like a lot of us, you know, like a lot of people that I talk to that don't like their jobs, don't feel like their job has any meaning, you know? And I do, and I understand that probably for a civilian, like it sounds silly, but like, I actually do think that like creating sex positivity and like helping people Mm -hmm. feel less stigma, it does, it does produce good results in your life. Right. Cause I think, you know, whatever, it's part of your overall healthy lifestyle to have great Mm -hmm. relationship with sex. Yeah. So I feel like, and, and so now I think, you know, when I talk about it like that, you know, I'm just, I don't have any bend anymore. Like Mm -hmm. I'm not open to listening to you say anything negative about it. I'm really proud of where I am. And I think that affects the way the other person thinks back, Mm -hmm. thinks back about you, if you will. Yeah. So now I think they're just excited that I'm, you know, I'm happy and I like what I do. And Mm -hmm. I think it's also like accepted. It's been 20 years. Like I'm not, Mm -hmm. you know, I'm not changing careers. It's not happening. Yeah. It's not like we're just going through like this phase of trying to like do all this stuff. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. Um, and you mentioned yeah. sex positivity. Can you share a bit of like what sex positivity means for you? Um, for me, it's, you know, sort of letting everybody have their own relationship with their sexuality, mm-hmm. right? Like trying to to take away judgment, yeah. you know, like, and you learn, I'm sure as a sex educator, you know, you, I don't do that work in the traditional way, right? But writing, I do a lot of writing and editing and sourcing people to work with. Mm-hmm. Um, and like, just, and I think what I find is like the more people are, the way they respond to questions, um, mm-hmm. the way we frame and talk about, um, you know, sex as a whole, yeah. how we provide information. I think all of that has to be done in a particular way that's presented from a positive light. Mm-hmm. You know, it makes everyone feel comfortable to be a part of the experience. Yeah. Yeah. I'm really wondering here and it, so many of my questions in my head for you are so much more back end. And so I'm hoping that they're still helpful for folks listening, but, um, how do you find you work with or attempt or, or try have a focus on, um, supporting sex workers within the work that you do in sex tech? How do we support sex workers? 
Yeah. Or like how, how does, does any kind of like collaboration happen there? Like, how do you, what does the relationship look like between sex tech and sex workers for you? I mean, as the, in the industry, I think there are companies that work with and support sex workers. There definitely are. I mean, we have had a lot of folks specifically in the cam market that want to work with Mm. the cowgirl, for example, because that has a plug-in so that they can tip and and interact Mm -hmm. um, with their their clients. Mm -hmm. Um, So we've seen most of our sex worker work within that brand. Yeah. Um, But we've also, I mean, as a company ourselves, we've supported different events. Mm-hmm. Um, we've worked with a lot of folks who've done fundraising. Yeah. Um, so in that regard, and, you know, we've, I wish we've done, to be honest, if there are opportunities, I'd like to know, but yeah, we react. I mean, mostly pe- folks come to us and we su- support their events or we work with them. Yeah. And that's, you know, aside from that, I don't know that we have a lot of collaboration mm-hmm. with mm-hmm. sex workers. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, I think there's a lot to explore within that. And I think, you know, when I think about like the education that you're providing through, for example, WeVibe or BeVibe um, and doing the um, the work to become a sex educator as well, I always find that so much of like what we are learning are things that sex workers have been teaching their clients have been Definitely. already like doing that kind of work and stuff. And so even, um, yeah. And like development of, of sex toys too. Like I'm wondering, you know, what role sex workers play in, in sex toy development, mm-hmm. if any. Um, but yeah, it's, I think there's I always know. things would, to learn. Yeah. I don't, the only time I, that I can really personally think of like a specific organization Mm-hmm. that like there was a, there's a sex worker organization that had been at a couple sex education shows. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Catalyst Con, if you'd ever gone to that um, and mm-hmm. maybe Woodhull, there was some sex worker. Co- but other than that, I don't know that. Yeah. I would say aside from traditional and I'm, what I mean, traditional is like old school. Like for example, maybe somebody came and had something molded Mm-hmm. or was a part of a process of something that was under their name, their branded yeah. name. I don't know that there's a lot of collaboration outside of that. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Yeah. At least to my knowledge. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. I've considered doing moldings. Have you ever done a molding? I never have. I've seen a molding done, but I've never yeah. personally done one. Yeah. <laughs> I'm jealous. You have? <laughs> I haven't, but I've been kind of considering it. Um, yeah. It's kind of been a, a thought of... I kind of want to do a molding of my, of my butt. Yeah. Why not? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, so many, so many fun <laughs> things. <laughs> <in the sex-based. laughs> You're like, <laughs> I'm yes, like is yes. the molding like for you personally, like for your own, or are you like selling for, it in a for, marketplace? Yeah. Like, <laughs> for people to purchase, for people to purchase, you can purchase my bum. Um, yeah. <laughs> I'm so awkward when it comes to stuff. Um, but <laughs> you, you did mention Cowgirl and wondering if you can kind of speak a little bit more uh, to that product and to, um, you know, that that relationship, how it's used. Uh, would that be kind of the example of, you know, sex workers? Oh, sure. Like and how, how, tradition, how it's used specifically for mm-hmm. sex work? Just in, in um, general, but because it came up through through sex work, yeah. I mean, I think cowgirl is 
as we say, like Luanda's maybe are like beginner friendly, like even within that, we'd say it's Luanda's not baby's first vibrator. Like we're mm-hmm. the company maybe you come to if you appreciate sex and you want mm-hmm. a really good sex toy. Like mm-hmm. that's because everything's strong and any and, and they're, you know, real tried and true product. Yeah. Vibe is like our 201, if you will, right? You're you've graduated from <laughs> level one sex toys and now you're on level two. Yeah. To me, cowgirl is like 301. It's like mm-hmm. level three. Like, and what I mean by that is like it's a mega vibrator and mm-hmm. it's a saddle style. So you're sitting in the cowgirl position, hence the yeah. name, right? Which is otherwise pretty hard to achieve in a sex toy, right? Vibration mm-hmm. when you're sitting um, on your knees. And it looks literally like a saddle. Uh, so you sit on this kind of saddle and then you have the option to use just an external attachment or you can use something that's internal. Um, where you see it used a lot with sex work is voyeurism uh, mm-hmm. because somebody can sit on that and you can have orgas- like multiple orgasms really. I mean, we all mm-hmm. can in different ways, but this really helps empower that maybe at a yeah. in the way that which you're sitting and that your access to your body in different ways that you can play with yourself. Um, mm-hmm. I think that that's a really sexy voyeuristic thing. And yeah. um, because the vibrator is so powerful, it's really cool to hand that control over to somebody else mm-hmm. and allow them to control the functionality, the power and watch the person's body react because mm-hmm. we've had that at events and people have sit on sit on them even you mm-hmm. know fully clothed. Yeah. And then like some, their coworker or partner will come play with the remote and you'll see them like jumping around. And like, so it's like such a, like you see it, it's like visual experience. Um, so how that works is there's a plug-in. So essentially, you know, uh, if you're a sex worker, you can have the product, you mm-hmm. can set up the different tipping amounts, right? If you want to control the intensity, two more points, it's X amount. Mm-hmm. And then uh, people who are watching can tip. So mm-hmm. that's just a plug-in between yeah. uh, different cam sites. Um, mm-hmm. But it is used quite often at sex parties. Mm-hmm. I think that's something that people always ask me, who buys this product? That's mm-hmm. a really common question about the cowgirl. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think it's so interesting. Everyone's like, who uses this? And I don't know, everybody from like people who are solo masturbating, you know, to mm-hmm. we've had gay men that purchase it. You've seen it used at sex. We people write in, use it at sex parties. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's, you know, whatever orgies. Like it's, it's one of those products that um, it is a 301, but lots of different kinds of people use it and enjoy it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I hope one day to be able to go to a sex club again and, and explore sex parties. Yeah. I think people were really enjoying that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And the virtual sounds... ones don't cut it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, you do so many things. So many things. <laughs> um, I know. We can't slow down. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You stay busy. What's your sign? <laughs> I'm an Aries. An Aries. Yeah. 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 yeah with a Capricorn uh, rising. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. I'm a cancer. I've got lots of feelings. Um, (laughs) yeah, yeah. Um, well, I feel like I could continue asking you so many different questions and like just learning a ton more from you. Um, if people do want to kind of follow along with your work, explore all the things that we talked about today, um, support your work, get to know you more, um, where could they find you? I don't personally participate in social media, mm-hmm. um, but you can follow our brands, yeah. um, Viva, Blawand, and the Cowgirl. And mm-hmm. um, yeah, so 
that's all I, I think those all have my values and mm-hmm. our company missions blended into them. So they are going to present education and they're all yeah. going to have a very similar inclusive vibe and mm-hmm. they'll all be sex positive. And so, mm-hmm. yeah, I would say that's the best place. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Amazing. Well, thank you so much. It's been so great. My pleasure. Truly. Yeah. All right. That does it for today's episode. Thank you so much for making it all the way through and keeping your ears, your hearts, and your minds open. It would mean so much to me if you could take a second or two after listening to this episode to leave a review on iTunes and let me know what you're enjoying about the show. I love reading you know, what your favorite episodes are, where you guys listen, um, and definitely feel free to share this with a friend. I mean, part of how we break down the stigmas around these topics is by talking about them, right? And, and sharing them with more people. So definitely share the podcast. Um, and again, really wanting to include all of you in this podcast. So if you have questions or you want to share a thought or an experience, please send in a voice memo to ask.letstalkaboutit at gmail.com. And I'm really excited to keep having these conversations and uh, breaking down these stigmas. So thank you all so, so, so much. I hope you have a wonderful rest of your week and I'll talk to you next time. Surgeons keep our hearts beating. They do the amazing, help save lives, and so can you. Your CSL Plasma donation can help create 24 critical life-saving medicines that can give Grandpa the chance for his heart to swell when he meets his new grandson or give a bride the chance for her heart to skip a beat on her wedding day. Every plasma donation helps more than you know. Do the amazing. Help save lives. Donate today at your local CSL Plasma Center and be rewarded for your generosity.